welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched the first two episodes of Alchemy of Souls. It's nice. So good. We didn't we didn't talk about what we were doing. Like we just put a poll up on Patreon and then I found out we were watching through Patreon and never brought it up to Emily and then I was watching it earlier today and I was like, hope we're doing two episodes because that's all I'm watching. (laughs) I I mean, okay, I will admit that during the first half, I stopped at the like 30 minute mark in the first episode and I was like, Mm. this is not a show that I would have picked up on my own. I don't think I would come back to it if it if we weren't doing this podcast. And then by the episode two, by the end of episode two, full turnaround, I am fully on board. I was like, we should watch four episodes at a time. I could watch this show forever. Yeah, I I also got a little bit bored with the character estab- like establishing characters. Um, it's not even that I thought they did a bad job. I just was having a hard time engaging with, like, that first half an hour when they're like, all right, this is who this person is, and this is who this person is. And that is a very, um, so here's the thing that I, has me fully, fully, fully on board and did catch my attention. And it is why I was able to stick it through the first 30 minutes pretty well, is that this is the very first ever high fantasy K-drama we've ever done, which is to say it is set in its own world. It's not fantasy historical Korea. It's not fantasy modern Korea. It's not back and forth time travel fantasy Korea. It is not Korea at all. It's not South Korea. They are not in Seoul. They are not in, um, they're not in, like, the Goryeo dynasty. Like, it is, or, uh, like, that era, um, I don't... Is it a dynasty? Do we refer to it as a dynasty? Yeah. I forget. Anyway, that's what tripped me up there for a second. Anyway, that's all to say, it is its own world. It has its own map. It has its own locations. And it is 100% my cup of tea in a way that I didn't... I didn't realize that that was something I was missing from our fantasy K-dramas, because I've actually had kind of a hard time with some of them, even when I've really liked the fantasy aspects and stuff. Um, it's never been, like, my exact, like, high fantasy kind of world that I love to engage with and hear about. Um, it's always been some kind of fantasy twist or, like, folklore fantasy twist within, at, like, the world as we know it where, like, there's some other secret world happening, which is, like, it's a fun concept, and there's there's a lot of fun that can be had with that type of fantasy. Um, but I live for map building, and I live for well-established systems of magic, and I live for, um, like, that whole world-building thing that they had to do in the first 30 minutes which is always a little bit of an exhausting process when you pick up like a fantasy novel or a new fantasy show or movie where all of a sudden that whoever's writing it has to find a way to introduce all of the like a whole new world that we we have not engaged with like we don't know this world we don't know what they refer to people as we don't know the political system we don't know the hierarchy we don't know how people in this world interact with each other in all of these different ways, and they have to establish all of that, and I am very well-versed in that, because I live for that shit, and so I was so pleasantly surprised. I thought it was historical Korea fantasy, right? I thought that we were doing, like, a historical, like, setting. It was going to be Korea. It was going to be the same, like, systems, right? Like, same political systems and everything, and it's not, And so when I realized it wasn't, and they were like, this is its own world with its own special lake and its own special city and all of these things, I was like, I lost my mind. So yeah, it's a little dry learning about all of those new things, but it was everything to me. I was more interested in the world building than the characters themselves, and maybe that's why I had a hard time like getting on board with the characters, because I was like, tell me everything. What's the political system like? Wow. 
That's crazy because I was the opposite. I was completely in the other camp where I was like, I love these characters. I love what we're doing. I don't. I'm so lost on what the magic is, what all these places are, all the political stuff. And I feel like that continued for the full two episodes where I have just so many notes on people and places and things that we are building up, we are remembering, I'm studying this show actively, just trying to keep up with the basics, and that part makes me tired. That makes me, like, like I'm proud of myself when I study something, so I'm into it in that way, in that, like, this is a challenge that I will overcome. I will remember all of these things about this new world, but... I think, yeah, just going into it, I was like, I'm way more interested in this lady assassin and just give me everything about her. I don't, (laughs) I think I was turned off by like the heavy use of CGI, which eventually I was like, they're just going to keep doing it. And I kind of love that. I love how heavily they leaned into it. I was worried it was just going to be first 30 minutes everything is CGI and you will never see it again in the rest of the show. And that would have been a big turnoff for me. The like, yeah, the mix of historical Korean dress with very modern styles and the heavy use of cables in the fight scenes. I think those three things just made me be like, what is happening here? This is so extra. It's so much. And like you said, if you go into it knowing that it's high fantasy, you're just used to that. Mm -hmm. Or I guess you expect that. You set that expectation. But uh, for me, not knowing at all what we were going into, because I never read about shows before we start watching them, I was like... Are they going to keep using the cables in the fight scenes? Are they going to always jump 40 feet into the air when they fight? I don't, I'm not crazy about that. (laughs) Yeah. I, and I think I do better with it because it's high fantasy. Like if they were doing cable fights, but it was supposed to just be like a battle between two people that are like just people without magic. And then I was supposed to swallow that, that pill. I would be. I would be furious, right? I would be like, this is exhausting. You've gone way too extra for people who are just people. But then they said, no, these people have magic. And so now I'm like, mm. And so they can jump 40 feet in the air. I yeah. will I will accept that. I will take that. Um, I also think that they have done, a, yeah, a really surprisingly good job with CGI. Um, oh my god, yeah. Uh, in a way that makes me really hopeful. So I feel like mad, like highly visual magic, like the elemental magic that they primarily use is, um, really tough to execute well visually in like live action stuff because it requires so much CGI and like suspension of belief and like, that CGI gets expensive and usually you can start to see corners being cut. Um, so far, I know we're only two episodes in, but I think that they've done an outstanding job with being really consistent with it and not just getting sick of doing it. And so, like, stopping. Because, yeah, like you said, where you get, like, the first ten minutes of, like, all CGI and then they're like, and that's all. That's our budget. We are done. Yeah. I'm like, So... This is a Netflix-produced drama, right? Oh, I don't know. I think it is. I want to say it is, which make actually gives me hope, right? That It gives me hope for a couple of things. First of all, it gives me hope for the fact that they will continue to have a budget to like put toward these CGI effects, and they won't just be like, all right, that, like, do you remember that? I don't want to get too into it, um, because it's a little bit spoilery, but, like, in some later episodes of Hueyugi, they lean into CGI very briefly, and it... I think that was in my notes. I said Hueyugi yeah. walked so that this show could run. Yes, yep, that's what it feels like, because Hueyugi CGI was... I'm gonna say it, it was trash. <laughs> it was just trash. Oh, no. Um, I liked the show yeah. just fine, but there was a moment that was like such bad CGI that my immersion for the entire show was 
a little bit obliterated, just a little bit like it's all I was injected. Yeah, yeah. That's why you gave um, that scene with that thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's not fair. Yes. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I don't remember that much else about Hoyugi except like that moment, which is kind of a bummer, right? Where it's like, oh no, I just remember like one part where they just tried and it wasn't this. It wasn't how they're doing it in Alchemy of Souls. And Alchemy of Souls so far is doing some really, really cool stuff with their CGI, some really like visually stunning things. Um, that are helping to establish the magic system. I, I actually really like all of the fight scenes and the moments where, like, someone, like, will launch their swords, like, like, projections of their swords at someone else. And it, like, but they're still holding their swords, but, like, this, like, weird water wind sword just, like, cuts through someone. And I'm like, that looks so cool. Like, in a way I would not expect. And it also gives me hope because there is a live action, um, Avatar The Last Airbender that's being produced by Netflix that is going to use a lot of, like, elemental magic. And the last time they tried to do a live action thing of, of that show, the magic was also garbage. It was, it was worse than Hueyugi. Hueyugi did better <laughs> than the Avatar The Last Airbender movie. Um, and so I'm also excited because that is Netflix produced. And so I'm like, if obviously the budget is only going to be more spectacular for that show because it's got such a huge fan base. Netflix already knows where the money's at. So um, if they're both Netflix produced, then I just have hope for both of them to have like really awesome, like elemental magic systems that will continue to delight. Yeah. Oh, all I can think about now is the writer's strike. Pay your writers Netflix and we will fully support oh, you forever, okay? Yeah, pay your fucking writers. They're doing such a great job. They're doing so good. Look at this show. We need more of this and we need it to be sustainable. We need all the people working on it to be paid living wages. Shit, I didn't even think about how that might impact Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> pay your... Pay... Your fucking writers, they're the best people. Them, the act, don't, and don't fucking use the actor's likeness without paying them for it. Yeah. You monsters. Yeah, don't do that. Oh. Um, maybe after this drama, we should hop off Netflix for a while. That's fair. I don't know if anywhere is safe, but I think that's fair. Yeah. I feel like at least we know that it's probably not the writers' guild in South Korea that's, um. Last I heard, they were also not happy. They're also striking. Yep, yeah. that actually sounds pretty accurate. Now we're safe. Every every rich person is bad. Yeah. I said it. If you're a rich person listening to our podcast, actually GTFO, because... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I mean, like, billionaire bitch. Like, if you're a millionaire, I guess you can stay, but consider paying the people who helped you become a millionaire. Just make sure everybody you're paying is making a living wage. Okay, that's all we want. Anyways, yeah. back to the show. <laughs> yes. The CGI, it showed up. Once I got immersed in the world, I was fully invested because as dramatic as everything is with the use of cables in the fight scenes and the water bending and all of the extraness, I feel like this show has such an incredible talent for subtlety in their, like, their romances that they're building, they're like, every person in this show has all these complex relationships from their past that will affect what we see in the future of the show. And in their comedy, like, I did not expect this show to have me laughing out loud as much as it did. And in their story building, like, there is so much that they are doing that is so much more subtle than a lot of the flashiness that this show hits you with right at the start that I think makes it really interesting and really enjoyable and not just an in-your-face, like, almost live-action anime-feeling drama that I thought it was going to be in the first 30 minutes. Yes. They turned it around. Yeah. I love it. I'm fully they in. I am also fully in. I love this drama. I am I am fully in on like all of the characters and something I think that they did very interestingly is um so there is a part where the male lead 
pretty much says, like, fuck off and die. Oh, my if God. If that's what you want to do. And I hated him for it. And I, like, was so mad because I was like, you're supposed to be better than all the people that, like, didn't care about her. I, yeah, it made me so mad. It made me feel actually fairly delighted when she poisoned his ass. I was like, <laughs> good for her. Good for her. She's going to keep living despite what you want. Despite the fact that you think she can't help you anymore and that means she should just die, she's yeah. going to keep living and she's now going to kill you. This is justice. Yeah. It felt so good. It was so reward. That turnaround was so rewarding, especially when she literally said, this place has a bunch of poisons as he was drinking, like, <laughs> his first sip of tea, first sip of tea, and she's like, it's wild how many me uh, medicinal herbs they have here. And also... Wouldn't you believe? Poison. That's pretty crazy, huh? And he's just guzzling. Perfection. <laughs> so good. Such good scene building. I think, okay, can I ask you a question? I was confused about the eye drops thing. Because I thought he said somebody else prescribed the eye drops. And I was yeah. like, what does that mean? I think someone who doesn't know that they are um, soul soul shifter shifter marks um and he thought they looked like cataracts <laughs> i think that's what it was i think he gave oh. her eye drops for cataracts and i'm curious to not because he keeps putting emphasis on that where it's like maybe he thinks the eye drops will make them go away and i kind of want to be like my dude you know that she doesn't actually have cataracts right <laughs> like you're you're the one who identified them as soul shifter marks. So that means they won't go away, right? And he's like, no, just keep using the eye drops. They're good for bruises, like external bruising. It's like, these aren't external bruising. This is because I put my soul in a different body. Okay? Yeah. Get it right. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> um... On the note of soul shifting, I do have, it's not even a criticism because it's too early. It's way, way, way too early to know if, like, it will come back or not. But it is, like, a little bit weird that we've given no acknowledgement of what happened to the soul of Mudok? the original bl blind woman. Yeah. Like, she definitely was just put in Naksu's body. And then died. Was she? Is that what happened? Because I don't feel completely certain that that's the case. But yeah, like you said, if if she did, then she's dead. But we've also not acknowledged how rough that is. Like how like fully murdered she got by the main character. Like we're we're still one hundred percent main character, even though she either like that soul just like went somewhere else, which. I didn't, so that's something else that, like, let's circle back on that. Either it went somewhere else, or she put her into her body to die. And I know she's an assassin, so we're technically not worried about it. I think what kind of catches me with that, though, is that she otherwise really only, like, assassinates people she's got beef with, right? Like, she's only going after people in, like, places of power who so far have defended themselves or, you know, I'm not saying that she's a good person. I'm just saying it's a little bit rough for me as a viewer. Like, I, I don't feel as rough supporting her through, like, trying to murder people in power, even if they're good people that don't deserve to be murdered. I'm still like, yeah, but they're in power and they, like, are fighting back and they're, like, or attacking her or whatever the case may be versus a woman who is blind and was being sold into prostitution, um, into sex work, uh, which, like, is really rough if you're being sold into it. Um, I also want to talk about, like, that as well. There's so many pins. I'm just putting pins all over the board. Yeah. I'm talking for way too long. But yeah, it, there is, there's a difference of, of vibe there, right? Where we're, like, ignoring the fact that Either this soul is, she'll, like, that will circle back around, or we've done a murder. So we either have to live with the weight of, like, creating a demon, probably, out of her soul, I assume, or we live with the weight of um, an innocent blind woman who <laughs> was sold into sex work 
after losing her parents and like inheriting their debts and we're just like yeah She's but she, she was too pitiful like, yeah <laughs> is that like, the vibe that like yeah Naksu released her from this mortal hardship that she was given yeah because we didn't acknowledge it if that is like if if we're going with it was a good thing then i just feel like at least we should like say it out loud and try and acknowledge that it happened yeah or like you said build in some more lore on where her spirit went of being like either she was just released into the atmosphere or whatever and she is now resting in the afterlife if there's that belief system here or she was put in Noxu's body and then also left for the afterlife and like it's all very peaceful it's all fine like you can you can write it off in a way that I would be like wow it's sad but I mean I guess I'll get past it but leaving it just open-ended leaving this loose end like you said, if she just comes back as a demon, I'll kind of be mad. Be like, you can't just steal her body and then let her soul rot and become evil. That's mean, Naksu. You can't you can't do that to an innocent lady. That's worse than if she just died. <laughs> yes, that's so much worse. So just explain to me some of that lore so that I can get past it. Because right now, like you said, it seems like... You're an assassin who has always murdered people in very powerful positions who, for some reason, came in and murdered your whole family when you were little and left you to be taken in by the world's worst wizard. Um, and now, now you're getting your revenge. And, like, that's really dark. But at least they can put up a fight. They can defend themselves. But then you've got this one lady that, for some reason... You just murdered because she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Can we can we have some turmoil over that for a minute? Be like, wow, I feel bad about that. Because you should. You should feel bad about yeah. that. They're really trying to sell you as a good guy. Yeah. I And I want to believe that. But right now, it's a little tough without acknowledging whatever has happened to the person whose body you snatched. Yeah. Or I guess they're... I misspoke. They're not trying to sell her as a good guy. They're trying to sell her as the worst of the worst, but right in this really subtle, like, you can understand why she did what she did for all these other yeah. things. They're like, no, she's terrible, but you get it, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah but they're not kind of making dog. It, Yeah, an anti-hero, where it's like, but there's a certain extent where all of a sudden the anti-hero is a little tough to, like, want as your lead, right? If, like, they're just not good at all, but also we're not acknowledging it at all. <laughs> we're just brushing on past it that there's some there's some innocent murder happening at the hands of the main character. So I am interested to see where they take that. Yeah. I do appreciate that. So I think that there's a fine line that K-dramas walk with um, with certain things like sexual in innuendo and um, with if they incorporate any kind of like person who works as a sex worker into a K-drama. And it's tricky because there's like typically some avoidance of the topic, right? Where, like, we... It's nice, because we don't typically get, like, hypersexualized females that are just completely objectified, um, and that's awesome. Um, but we also, like... It's tough to bring something in, like, a brothel, and then, like sometimes they make it seem, like, disgusting or despicable when it's not. It's, like, it's people making a living. It only sucks if the, if it's not consensual, if it's not their choice. Um, and so there's, like, such a fine line that K-dramas typically have to walk. Also with sexual innuendo, like, when her head was down, like, at crotch level and he had to like grab her head and pull it back because he's like this is making me too uncomfortable where it's like again if you are bringing in jokes like that you have to walk a fine line that you're not like demonizing 
any kind of like sexuality or whatever. So far, this K- I, I'm saying all of this to say so far in the first two episodes, this K drama has done a really phenomenal job because um, I love the the friend character that works at the brothel that uh, whose name I did not write down. It's yeah, something either. there. Um, like Jewel or something, I want to say. And, um, or Wolju, maybe. Uh, anyway, I really like her. I like that she is still a homie, even though she got kind of betrayed by, um, by the main character whose name I also didn't write down. And we're only two episodes in, so I haven't memorized it yet. I don't know why I'm like this. Um, I don't know anyone's name. I don't even remember the male lead's name, and it's really easy. I just, Need time. I just need time. Do you want me to tell you their names as you go, or do you want to just... Yeah. Okay. You've said the female lead a couple of times, and I, in my mind, I said noted, but I was already talking about something else, so I didn't (laughs) actually note it. Yeah, I didn't write down her friend's name, but her name is Mudok, and Mudok is is our main lead, our, our male lead. Yes, okay. Um, so, Mudok and Jungkook. Uh, and I, uh, anyway, that's all to say, like, so far, they've done a good job of, like, making it properly comedic without having them be, like, complete prudes about certain things, or, like, the moment in the bedroom when he's, like, trying to tease a reaction out of her and make her really uncomfortable, and it kind of works, but she's not mad because of sex, right? She's mad because it's not something she wants to do. It's not like, you're disgusting and despicable and everything about you. She's just like, it's only disgusting because I don't want it. Like, it's not prudish, I guess. It's not like, I'm a good girl and good girls don't have sex. It's like, I just don't want to. Um, which I like. I think that that's a good way to handle it. Uh, not all, some K-dramas handle it either very prudishly or, like, yeah, they get, like, weird about, um, like, actually coming out and saying, like, it's a brothel, if it's a brothel or whatever the case may be. It's just kind of, like, heavily implied or, like, you culturally, you just have to know what this was in history or whatever, but you can kind of assume that these people are sex workers because... We haven't outright said it, but they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like I like how this show is handling it. I like that they're like, it's a brothel. This person's a sex worker and she is good with it. It's how she makes her living. This person doesn't want to be, so she's not going to be. She's going to bounce. Um, and we're not going to like force that topic to be like a big, heavy thing. Um, we're just going to acknowledge it and keep moving. Like, you can assume other women were sold here under similar circumstances, and that is unfortunate. Is we will not drive that point home. We just want to get the point across that this is the place for information. And that, yeah, I thought that was an interesting focus that it was like people are here all the time. Like, especially two of our main guys are there like a lot. And they don't <laughs> like, they totally could be like, and they just love sex and that's why they're there but it feels like they're like no we go for the information we go to scout things out and see because our our grandpas our uncles are too prudish to come here they're too proud we we've got the freedom we've got the ability to come here scope things out have a good time and then head home like yeah like it's very casual it's a very like multifaceted little business and in that way, they, they keep things feeling okay. Yeah. Yep. I like that. I think they've done a good job so far. They have. Oh, I... Did you recognize our female lead? I know you did. Of course I did. I love her. I love her. In fact, I think at one point, I in one of our bonus episodes, or maybe a bonus on Patreon at some point when we recorded something... Um, I think I said that I would cast her. If they made a K-drama of my life, she would play me (laughs) in the K-drama. Um, obviously they wouldn't make a K-drama of my life. I don't live in Korea. I'm not Korean. (laughs) But she is who I would want. I just love that actress so, so much. Um, she was in Because This Is My First Life. Your all-time favorite drama. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Cutie. Did you 
recognize our male lead. Mm, I know he's been in something, but I didn't. I, didn't. I don't know what he's from. I think the only thing that I saw on his his list, his resume, that I remembered him in was Move to Heaven, where he played the friend of the uncle, or a friend, an old friend oh. of the uncle. So it's like, it's a deep cut. I did not... Yeah, it's a deep cut. I would not have recognized him without looking through that cast list. But yeah, I recognized our female lead. I did think she was Susie Bay at first. And I was like, oh, wow, that's, you know, that's terrible of me. But they do look a lot alike. I had not thought of it until you said it. And now I'm like in my mind writing them down as uh, I have like a running list of people who could play siblings of each other in K-dramas. And that's a new one that I had not thought of. But you're totally right. They look like siblings. They look very similar. They look very similar. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you for validating that, because I did feel a little bad about it. But I feel like they look really similar. Beautiful. Yeah, I do yeah. I do that a lot. I think if I wasn't such a big fan of hers, I would be like, Susie? No, mm-hmm. not Susie. Thank you. That's what I did. That's what I did. Um. Okay, one big thing that I really want to talk about is the romances. Are we shipping the main characters, Jong-uk and Moodok? Oh no, you were not, not so far. Not so far. Okay. I so I do not mind the ship of the side guy, the the autumn man. <laughs> Mr. Fall. <laughs> Mr. Fall. I get that. I get that. Um I and I, you know me, I'm not usually a sucker for like the what am I trying to say? Like the known each other since children trope. That's not too big of a deal to me. That's not like a thing really for me. But what is a thing is that she is very interested in him and he seems like a really decent person. And But that's where it gets tough, right? Because I want to ship the leads. I want to put them on a little ship together. I'm just not there yet because, and I think it's because there is... uh there's not a real power imbalance, but now she's his teacher, and that is a rough vibe for me. I do not like a teacher-student romance. Oh, that's interesting, because I was struggling with it before that, because the power imbalance was so strong, where she's just a pretty regular young lady with years of assassin training that she can no longer do. <laughs> like, fascinating little spin-off conversation about... The inner workings of the human body and what muscle memory is. But, like, she's got none of her powers, none of her physical strength, none of her magic anymore. She is, by all intents and purposes, a regular lady who is now the servant to a guy who I'm really rooting for. I want him to get his powers back. I want her to be his teacher, but not like this. And then they're like, no, she's way more powerful than him. She can get some of her power back little by little. It felt like they put them back on much more even footing. And I loved that. I thought that we ended at a pretty equal spot. They are fairly equal. Well, now, yeah, I think it just flipped it, right? Because she is like a million times more powerful than him. He's just unlocked his powers, let alone, like, started to use them. She is in control of teaching him any of the power that he could have, and I don't think that his political power stands up to her actual, like, physical ability to, like, murder him. So, like you said, like, she's getting her power back little by little, but I think that she is in... I think that as his teacher, she has more power. She can now walk away at any time, and he is beholden to her. I just want them to not be beholden to each other. I also, like, I'm not quite there with the, like, um, their dynamic yet. I've just not seen enough of it, like, of them talking to each other as equals yeah, to feel like they have, like, a solid dynamic. Um there's been a little bit too much flip-flopping, a little bit too much first he's in power, now she's in power, and now they're holding things over each other's head. Uh, there's always collateral where I'm like, mm, can't get there yet, can't get there, want to, would like to, but I'm a little more interested in like the feelings she obviously has for her like childhood 
friend. Mm, I see that, because I am interested in that as well, and in the the spring court lady and her relationship with Jong-uk, like, give me that tea. Bring it forth. Yeah. I would like to know. Who broke it off? What happened? It feels I, like him, oh, for, for sure. Oh, for sure him. For sure he broke it off, but why? I don't know. Oh, put me in there. I, I have, have my guesses. Um, <laughs> but I feel like Mudok can't walk away because she's like, I need a font of power. You will be my walking lake. You will be the one who I draw power from. So if I leave, I'll be powerless unless I want to go live in the lake forever. I will not have any powers unless I'm near you. And uh, that makes it so she has to stay. And yeah, he similarly is like, and I still can't use any of my powers unless you teach me. So it's, oh, it feels so much more equal to me. I really like it. It's just enough of that enemies to lovers trope that I'm I'm fully invested in it. I'm here. Yeah. I don't hate them together, right? Like, yeah. I don't not ship them. So there's hope for sure. But I, I want to get where you're at, where you're like, yes, it's hap- it's coming together slowly but surely. <laughs> but right now I'm like, eh, I could see something else happening. Which I can appreciate because they have given us two episodes of this, yet yeah, her being a new person with completely different abilities, figuring all that out, him holding a lot of power over her. And being like, I think I can get something out of this. Then the second he thinks he can't, he's like, you should go fuck off and die. And it's like, yeah. okay, I was off the ship at that point. Do not say that to a person, any person. Ever. Ever. No one. Not even an assassin. No. If you think you can't get something from someone, just leave them alone. Don't tell them to go die. Yeah. What is that? What? But also, it felt consistent enough with his character that I wasn't completely ready to write him off. I think they've written him as a really interesting guy. Where, like, I was mad, for sure. I think she should hit him, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, like, out of the she blue. She poisoned him. Yeah, so. then she poisoned <laughs> him, and it all came, like, she opened his <laughs> gate. She was like, bro, I know how to do the magic that can open your gate. You just gotta trust me. And he's like, all right, I, I don't. And she's like, too late. You're already poisoned. I love that dynamic. <laughs> I've already started. I love yeah. that back and forth. It's toxic, and it's bad, but... It feels like it'll work out in the end, so I'm shipping. I'm ready. We're here for it. Yeah, their dynamic is, it's solid. I am here for it, uh, eventually. I just want more of that, right? I just want more of those moments. Yeah, that's fair. They gave us, what we've seen is a lot of power imbalance. We're just reaching a little bit of an equilibrium at the very end. We'll get more of that to come. More to come. More to come. And also, can we get more of her workout scenes? Just like little clips here and there of her strength training. Because I'm not going to be happy if someday she just shows up and she's like, I have been, you know, running laps and now I'm really fast. I like that she's not good at stuff right now. But I also am desperate for her to get better. They're the same. I am in the exact same boat where I was like, I was stressed for her, where I'm like, okay, listen, you can work out, but it's tough. I've never been able to do it consistently. Good luck. Good luck. But I assume that's her whole life. Like, as the yeah, number one like assassin, why why did they not show her waking up and having a four-hour workout routine before the sun rises? Technically, she was hauling a, a shit ton of water back and forth for that bath, so... We got the beginnings. In my mind, I was like, maybe that's how she'll get strong. That's fair. That's It's a start. But yeah, I, like I said, I'm just so desperate for her to get back her physical strength. Because watching her run through town, being chased by things constantly and be like, I could scale that wall. Hell no, I could not scale that wall. Actually, I forgot I have a new body. I'm like, I want to see you scale the wall. <laughs> Do the thing. <laughs> Get it. Attach a cable and jump 40 feet over the wall. <laughs> Just do the cool spy stuff that you told us you could do. And I I feel like we get little glimpses of it where she does the little move on the first lady at the brothel. 
And she's like, this would have ripped her arm clean off if I had my previous strength, which was so funny to me. But then two minutes later, she's falling out a window. And I'm like, I thought you would be landing on your feet, but like twisting your ankle sort of thing. Like, I have the dexterity that I know how to land on my feet. I know how to take a fall. I just don't have the physical strength. My bones are brittle. They are not able to handle the impact. Yeah, I don't have, like, muscles built up around all of my joints. I can't... I have no endurance. Like, I can't hang on to, like, this bridge or whatever for very long. But I have the dexterity to, like, jump up to the bridge. It's the rest that I don't have. Yeah, I agree. Because I feel like dexterity is... A little bit more in the mind, right? Like, it does take training for sure, but it is, it's like in the mind of, like you said, knowing like how to land, how to time something based on like speed and like, I don't know. There's a bunch that goes into it that is also mental, not just like physical. So yeah, like the, the muscle memory is there. It's just that the muscle itself is not. So tell us why did you fall out the window? Explain it. Explain it, show. Why did you fall out the Explain window and land on her back? For comedy. For comedy. It, it was the first time I laughed out loud at this show. It was really funny. <laughs> her limp away got me pretty pretty good. I was like, all right, all right, you got me. Because she was like trying to run, but like that left foot wasn't wasn't cooperating. Oh, she's so good. I just want her to be good and cool. But uh, we've got one thing. She's clever. She used to be clever and quick and strong, like physically crazy and magic. And now she's just one of those things. And I'm waiting for the other two. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for her to become a huge badass throughout the rest of the show. Oh, that's what I'm most looking forward to is watching her become like him becoming a badass will be fine, but specifically <laughs> her becoming a badass is my dream. And I like that she's the one that gets to teach him because obviously he's had a lot of teachers over the years, but I do feel like there is something rebellious about this show that's like he has been raised in this very strict system of magic. And uh, that's what everybody else subscribes to. That's what he's been taught. He just doesn't know how to do it yet. But now he's getting a teacher who's like, F the system. We are not We are not going by the rule book on any of this. Do not listen to people just because they tell you something is right or wrong. You've got to figure that out for yourself. And I'm like, it's perfect. Give it to me. It is perfection. Give me a magical criminal who's (laughs) ready to not subscribe to whatever beliefs are being pushed by the people in power, where she's like, I'm very powerful, and I don't care about your rules. I don't care if there's a reason that they're established. I have other ideas. Yeah. Oh, and like, I get it. I get that there's an irony here because she was raised under the John... Danju's rules as well. Man, that was so much harder to say than I thought it would be. Danju's <laughs> rules. Um, so like there's a there's a little bit of a belief system in her heart as well of like right and wrong instilled by the most evil person on the planet. So I'm hoping that they can both help each other make that middle ground and be like, ooh, maybe the Danju was a little too evil for my taste. And him be like, maybe my uncle is a little bit too rigid for my taste. We're going to make our own sect of magic. Okay? Do it. Live by our own rules. Live by our own rules. We're going to season two. We're skipping to season two, guys. Next week, we're we're just going to watch the next season because we know that's what's going to happen. Just immediately. And we're just ready to be there. So thanks for watching the first two episodes with us. (laughs) We'll see you for episodes one and two of season two next week. <laughs> we promise we'll watch this in order. Just in case someone didn't know we were joking. That was, we were just joking. We, we, but were we? But we were. We were. But were we? We were. We were. <laughs> Three and four next week. Do you have anything else to add before our outro? Um, I do not. Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about that we didn't sneak in there? Probably, but not off the top of my head. 
Sorry if we didn't mention your favorite part. We will listen. We'll do it next week. We'll get to it. I did just think of something that's a huge bummer. That I it's it's kind of bad feels to end on it, but we would be maybe remiss to not acknowledge what a massive sad bummer it is that Jung Ook's mom was coerced into sex with someone that she thought was her husband and was not. That is really tough. We didn't acknowledge it. It's extremely sad. Um, that is devastating. I may have repressed that. Yeah, that's really, really dark. They... Yeah, that's, like, the darkest thing they've done in this show, and they literally have demons and soul-stealing. I thought they were gonna kill a child, a homeless child, in the first five minutes, and they were like, we will pull that punch. We're not gonna do that. This demon is not gonna eat a small child. And I was like, nice, that's this kind of show. And then... Ten minutes later, they were like, you know what would be crazy? I didn't want them to do that. That's not fun crazy. That's really dark. And then the mom didn't even get to survive long enough to be like, I will make sure that my kid is not ostracized for this. Like, did she even know that happened to her? I doubt it. I feel like she didn't know because how could she unless her husband owned up to it and i it just the vibe felt like he probably didn't yeah so he's just like my wife is gone and now i'm left with this baby so i'm gonna turn on the baby fully not my baby hashtag not my baby and uh what if she was pregnant already though can we talk about that and how like pregnancy works and like (laughs) maybe it is his baby and also like do we think souls make babies, or do we think, like, genetics make babies? Because that's also a little bit tough. That is a little bit tough, where it's like, mm, you've actually introduced an interesting philosophical question, where I do think that, like, like we should probably put a sexual assault warning in, in the, like, description of this episode, just as, like, a, around, you know, like, a certain number of minutes this comes up anyway um she was she was sexually assaulted but i don't like it's tough because the baby is genetically like like bare bones genetics belongs to the dad but the act was not his that's an that's a tough one yeah that's a really tough it one it feels like very clearly the mom is the victim but I don't know why the dad is also making himself a victim and his child a victim and being like, we are going to have this be a full family trauma for the rest of all yeah. of our living lives. We'll just perpetuate this insane amount of pain that like, actually, like you said, like she was the she was the victim and that trauma and pain like, is hers to, like, unfortunately hers to carry, but also hers to, like, control, right? Where it's, like, she gets to decide. If this baby is like, hers. And yeah, you don't get to be, and, like, and her yeah, husband. Because she didn't know. Like, she didn't, she had no clue. She was not unfaithful. She was never unfaithful to him. So you don't get to curse so what happened the baby her- for the rest of the baby's life. Just because you think that, yeah, this different soul resides within or whatever. Like, whatever your thoughts are, they're dumb and wrong. She gets to control the narrative. And she would probably say, I had sex with my husband and I had a baby from that. This is our baby. End of story. Yeah, that only love went into this baby from my perspective. Like, it sucks that he has a different perspective, but that shit didn't happen to him. Yeah. So st- And it sucks Ooh. that he has to live with that and his choices too, but it still, like, isn't his... It just isn't his thing. Like, it, it sucks because there is hurt that he... And, like, trauma that he has to carry, but it's a completely separate hurt and trauma. And for him to try and own that for her and control what that, like, what the baby's life looks like in such a negative way and just like abandon it and like wipe his hands of it and peace out for the next two decades is horseshit that dad sucks that dad sucks oh yeah the whole situation obviously horrifying really uh i feel like they 
they've buried in some really horrifying little little storylines in here that uh, could be overlooked for the fun fantasy stuff, but uh, <laughs> they shouldn't be. Let's deal mm-hmm. with them a little bit. Yeah, we've got time. We've got time. Sorry, I made this episode so long by bringing that up at the tail end, <laughs> but it did feel like maybe if we brushed over it, that would be problematic That's to fair. like. I'm glad you brought it up. Not bring up. It's it brought up a repressed memory. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the best. We needed to give her a voice because the show really did not. They were like, "We're not doing that." Yep, she's just a victim. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, freaking messed up. Um. So if you have some thoughts and feelings, uh, send us an email at playonkpodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> you can find all of our episodes as well as sign up for our newsletter, which will be going out when this show, when this episode releases, um, all on our website, playonk.com. That's where you can also find links to all of our affiliates. It's one of the best ways to support our show while getting something amazing for yourself, such as if you're going to start a podcast, check out our link to Blueberry Podcast Hosting, best place on the internet to host your podcast, in our humble opinions. You can sign up for Soulbox to get monthly deliveries of the best Korean snacks or goodies or whatever you want straight to your door. Or you can sign up for Skillshare, where you can learn a new skill and think of us every time you practice it and be like, wow, we're doing this kind of together. And I love that for us. That's all at playonk.com. Yeah, and then we also have our Patreon, um, where, like Em said, the link is to the Patreon can be found at our website along with all those other awesome things. And uh, if you go directly there, it's patreon.com slash playonk. And we've got a couple things that you might want to check out there. We've got a couple, we uh, a couple weeks ago put up a free video episode that's only on Patreon. So you don't have to be a subscriber to access it, but it was just our Reply 1988 bonus episode. Um, and so if you wanted to see the video of that, that can only be found at Patreon, but it is free to access. So if you wanted to watch our faces in, with my bad camera quality, <laughs> um, if you wanted to watch our faces say the things that we said during the bonus episode, then you can do that there. Um, and you can also, if you're interested, sign up for Patreon, our Patreon, and toss a couple dollars our way per month. Just helps us keep the lights on, helps us keep the podcast going, helps us fund the small things that allow us to keep doing this. We are on many social media platforms, including Twitter at PlayOnK, Instagram at PlayOnK Podcast, and TikTok at PlayOnK underscore Emily. And we hardly use any of them, but give us a hey. Yeah, hey. Hey. Um, I think that's everything, right? Oh, leave oh, us a review. Don't forget to, yeah, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us, uh, it's super free to do, just takes a couple minutes, and it helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us so that we can keep hanging out with people who love to watch K-Dramas and then, um, really overanalyze them, you know? <laughs> really obsess over the details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, as always, for listening. We will see you with episodes three and four of Alchemy of Souls next week. Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye, 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 bye.